This is a special day for us because we want to celebrate two teams that were commissioned by you, the church, to go and to work in not only the name of Jesus, but in the name of Grace Fellowship. We sent one team earlier this year to Wares Valley Ranch in Sevierville, Tennessee, outside of Sevierville. It is a, a place that ministers to a number of young men and young women who had very difficult family situations, who've been brought together not only to be educated, but to learn to, learn to work, to contribute, to be a part of a larger group, but also to learn what it means to walk with Jesus Christ. It is a powerful ministry. We've been involved in this since before we actually ever officially became a church. And so we send a team each year, and you're going to hear about that in a moment. After our offering, a little bit later in the service, you're also going to hear about what happened with our team that went to the Dominican Republic. And what we've tried to do this time is to make sure that we are As I was telling everybody I talked to about what I wanted them to say, (laughs) not dictating it to them, but just kind of the theme, we not only want you to know what happened, we want to whet your appetite to serve Christ through serving others and to share Christ. We want to whet your appetite. And so I hope that this will be kind of like the appetizer for you that gets served first so that you can find out how you might be able to plug in and serve, maybe not in one of these two areas, but certainly someplace in our community or our world. I want to ask right now for uh, Jane Cobb if she would come up. And if you want to go ahead and bring Britain, where is Britain? Well, the, we're going to let the team stand. Do you want them all up here with you? Would you feel better with them here? Okay, anyone who was on the Where's Valley team this year, Jane would like you to come and accompany her standing at the front. Britain Cowles is her granddaughter, and you're, she's going to. What she's going to do is she's just going to pass it off from one or the other. But, Jane, I'm going to hand you this. I think it's on. And so, come on, guys, if you all come up and just kind of gather around. I thought this was going to be so you could see all these people, every size and shape, every age that can go. And Jimmy wants me to encourage you to go, so that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I think it was, was it 11 or 12 years ago? This is, was our 11th year. Jim and Ann Meadows talked to Howell and me about going to Ware's Valley Ranch on a mission trip. Now, Howell was not a handyman, and I can't sew, but we weren't afraid of hard work, so we agreed to go that first year, and I think everybody painted. Um, Then, because of some of these other great men that knew about construction, Howell learned to do construction things. And I remember how proud he was when he got his first tool belt. Well, I went from painting to working in the yard to going to the kitchen. I washed kitchen towels and lettuce. I've never seen as much lettuce that needed to be washed. But then it just showed me that I could do that kind of work. I've worked in the office on a day that it rained. I've worked in the yard. But it showed me that God can use any willing servant. And so I want to encourage you to pray about going Maybe next year. If you can't go, you can certainly stay home and pray. Use Jermaine's book. Pray about that. But you can also give financially because we need to supply the supplies for the paint and the yard work and the construction. And then I brought my bucket because I'm collecting now box tops for education. You'll find them on all kinds of things. Um, And you can save those and then the school can use those. The fellowship 
among the team is so precious. We have um, times with Pastor Jim Wood at night, our devotion time. He encourages us in God's word to apply it. He has wonderful chapel services every morning for the staff and the kids. Those children are learning scriptures, big blocks of scriptures. They're learning Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. You see love there, Jesus' love among the staff and the faculty and the children and the mentors. Um, It's just such a, a beautiful atmosphere of sharing Jesus' love. One of our granddaughters went two years on the mission trip, and when she went, it helped us identify more with the children that were there, and then we started having a cookout and a game night with the children every year that we go. And it really helped us, I think, identify more why we were there to share God's love with these children that were there. So maybe this would be a good time for me to introduce Britton Cowles from Texas, my granddaughter, and she can tell you the rest of the story. My name is Britton, as my grandma and Jimmy said. Um, when I went to the ranch, I do not do construction, but I can paint, and I also taught swimming lessons for the kids. And that's how I got to meet the kids, and that was just such a joy to be able to meet them. And the first and second year that I went, I got to know some of the mentors and started to have a dream. Huh, wouldn't it be cool one day to come back and be a mentor? Totally just a dream. Well, I've now finished my associate's degree of college in Texas, and in three weeks we'll be moving to Tennessee to be one of the mentors at the ranch. And I am... Oh, it's going to be a challenge, but I am just so thrilled. Some of the kids that I met four years ago are still there. One of them that I became very good friends with, she's actually going to be in the house that I'm going to be living in. And to tell you a little bit about the ranch, there are four homes for these kids, two boys' homes and two girls' homes. They can take up to eight kids in each home. They're ages 6 to 18 years old, and they can live there from as young as 6 up to 18. And it's a wonderful environment where they homeschool the kids They very individualize these kids' education so that they can really progress um, as well as possible, especially from the situations that they've come to from abuse or neglect. And I'm just so thrilled to be a part of that, helping them keep up with their chores and their homework and um, just helping share God's love and showing that, hey, I'm not perfect, I'm very imperfect and There's a lot of things that I'll have to be learning along the way with them, but I'm very excited for what God's going to be doing through those kids and through me with those kids, so it'll be great. I'm so excited about Britain going, and I wanted to tell you, too, Jim said this was our 11th year. It's so much fun to go back now every year and see the impact that Grace Fellowship team has had there. We see buildings that have been constructed. We see everything that's been painted. We see window treatments that some of the ladies that can sew here at home but can't go can make things, and then they have just added so much to the homes there. Um, But the construction has been wonderful. And then this year especially, the flower beds were weeded. 
and things were planted. Um, Jody can tell you about that. Hard work, but fun. But, you know, it, God can use all of us, as I said, no matter our age or our ability, when we're just willing to go. So I do encourage you to think about Where's Valley Ranch. Let's go ahead and show your appreciation. Thank you, Jane. Thank you, Britton. There are all kinds of opportunities to be a part of a ministry like this, to have the opportunity to do that, whether you're going or not. And there are ways that you can contribute. You say, well, I can't go to Where's Valley. That doesn't fit into my schedule. There are ways that you can serve using whatever gifts, talents, skills that you have, no matter where you are. We all have that blessing of God having blessed us with something. And who knows, one day you may earn your very own tool belt. But even if you never make it to that level, there are so many places that you can serve. Let me go ahead and before we show the video, and I think that's going to probably emphasize um, uh, perhaps even better than any, any of them here once you hear voices from some of the kids themselves be able to share. Let me just go ahead and tell you, you don't have to wait until a mission trip to begin serving. Look around your community. There are opportunities for you to serve in the name of Jesus Christ. There are opportunities in the local school system. They would love, listen, they would love to have you come and say, I can plug in. I can do something. I can read a book. If you can read a book, guess what? There's a place for you to serve in your local schools. Let them know. We have local ministries that are here. Uh, many of them, Atlas, First Call, so many others, Habitat. There are places that you can say, I can serve, I can do that. And there are other simple ways that you can serve that maybe even you haven't thought about. But here's where to start. You start by looking very honestly into your life and saying, am I willing? Then asking yourself, what can I do? And then, here's the big one. Then ask God. God, show me with a willing heart and willing hands where you want me to serve. The next step is just taking that boldness to, to move forward and say, okay, I'm here. And God will take it from there. It is neat. Uh, many of you have been, on, been to Where's Valley. Some of you, uh, perhaps that's whets your appetite to be a part of that. It is a lot of fun, it's a lot of fellowship, and it plants a lot of seeds that God uses in a lot of ways. We also have another uh, consistent trip that uh, we take as a church on a regular basis, and that is to the Dominican Republic. Sounds like a nice little vacation spot, but it is far from a vacation. Uh, it is a lot of hard work, but it also plants seeds for the kingdom just in a little bit different way. And so uh, I guess the best thing to do is just ask the Dominican team, if you would, just come along front. Most of us are wearing our green shirts today, not everybody. And uh, this morning, we want to hear from a couple of folks. One, it was their first trip with us, William Lavelle. This was his first trip, and he really got into it. And a matter of fact, he told me if he could, he'd just stay down there and just keep working, although I don't think Sherry would have appreciated it very much. She was ready to have him back home. When William's done, he's going to turn it over to, to Matt Furman. Matt wants to share a little bit from his heart as well. And so, uh, William, it's all yours, man. Good morning. How are you all doing? 
Um, the Dominican trip was the most spiritually blessing time of my life. I've never experienced anything like I experienced in the Dominican. Um, I've read in the Bible a lot of spiritual things, and I've experienced it on a small scale here. And it's, it's improved since I've gotten back. But the Dominican trip, to me, with the every day we have our devotion back and forth, I mean, in the morning and afternoon, which is a wonderful time for us to be together and share our faith. But the Dominican trip, the children in the Dominican will teach you what the meaning of love is. I thought I knew what love was, what, you know, what the love of Christ. But as soon as we pulled in and got off the truck, I had a kid in this hand and another one in this hand, and the, there was another one over here that were, they were fighting over my hand. You couldn't go anywhere, walk any place without a youngin in your hand. You go from one site to the other, and there was a kid there. They didn't judge us. You know, th as soon as we got there, they were like, Americanos, Americanos, you know, running the truck down. And they didn't love on us because of what we could give them. You know, they didn't love on us because of where we were from. They loved on us because they were loving people, you know, beautiful, spirited people. Um, the work was hard. You know, I work in construction every day, and it was still hard. You know, it was hot. But, you know, I felt like I was working on God's house. You know, the whole time we were there, I felt like I was in heaven working on God's house. It's... It's hard to explain. You know, I've had people try to tell me the Dominican or, you know, mission trip this or until you go, you, you don't understand. You, you can't imagine the feeling you get. And it's not because I did it. It's because Jesus Christ is working through me doing it, you know, getting me out of the way and letting him take over. And there's nothing that won't be perfect if Jesus Christ is the one leading the way and doing it. But, I mean, it was just the most wonderful time of my life. And uh, I would suggest anybody go on Dominican, Where's Valley. You can do mission work, like Pastor Jimmy said, anywhere, everywhere, in your own community, in your own neighborhood. The love of Christ, let his light shine through you to show people what Jesus is all about, the love of Jesus. And that's what I want to do. You know, because of Jesus, I'm not a jerk anymore. Because of Jesus, my wife is happy now. Because of Jesus, I went on the mission trip. Because the love of this congregation supplied my mission trip with over, way over half the money that I needed just to get there. A pastor that had died uh, donated $100 two weeks before he passed away that was allowed me to get my passport you know that's an honor for me i hate he's gone but i know he's in heaven and i was one of the last crowns that he earned before he left this world you never know but where i'm going to land at is there was when last day we were there the last two days we worked there was a little fellow named victor i said what's your name he said victor his name was victor but that's just how he said it and uh, every last two days, we were working on uh, the pastor's house. And every time I turned around, he was right there. He was right there. Every time I turned around, follow me everywhere I went. Well, the last day, 
He knew it was the last day. We were getting on the truck, getting ready to go. He was sitting on the front porch, and he looked at me and waved real hard at me to come over and sit beside him. And I said, I can't. And the little fella started crying, you know, wanted me to come over there. I wanted so bad to get off that truck and go sit right over beside him and just let everybody else go home. If I could, I'd still be there. I wouldn't be here. I love my country, but I'd still be there loving on them youngins if I could. But I knew Sherry would come get me. (laughs) But, you know, I just want to leave that visual image of that beautiful young man, you know, in your mind with him pretty much begging me to get off that truck and come sit with him. What for what I could give him. It's just because he was loving on me. And that helped me come back here and love on my brothers and sisters in Christ and start caring more for the lost in this world. But thank you. Well, this morning I want to share a little bit more on a personal side, kind of where missions has taken my life and also my whole family's life, really. Uh, so I'm going to go back to the first year we went, which was last year. And Amy came to me. This is my wife, Amy. She came to me and said, I think I'm being called to go to the Dominican, and I think we need to think about going to this trip. And I said, well, immediately I said, no, we're not going. And... Um, I had always kind of wanted to take a trip, but I've got two young children, and I kind of said, no, you know, we've got too much going on in our lives. I don't want to leave the kids. So my answer was no. Well, she said, well, let's just put our names in the hat and see uh, what the Lord wants. I said, okay, but I know he doesn't want us to go. (laughs) And uh, so we came down and just kept rocking and rolling, and then we got to the last day where we had to tell Karen and Mallory whether we were going to go or not. And uh, Amy said something to me that morning. She said, we got to let them know today by noon what we're going to do. And I said, well, my answer is still no. And so I was rocking on. I was riding down the road. And the Lord said to me, I want you to go to the Dominican Republic. Those are my children, not yours. And I'll take care of them. This is what I want you to do. And so I called Amy right then and there. It was about 10 o'clock in the morning. said, have you talked to Karen and Mallory yet? And... Uh, told him we're not going and she said well no I was going to do it in just a little bit I said well tell him we're going the Lord just spoke to me and said for us to go and I told her exactly what he had told me so we ended up going and uh, that year down there I was overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit when we were in the Dominican and I have always been um, spiritually I guess sensitive to spiritual warfare going on in my life and in the world around me and especially in my family's life. And so when I was down there, I was super blessed by the, just the power of the Holy Spirit. It's just, it, it, it's indescribable how much power you just, I I just felt. I mean, I was overwhelmed. But when I came home, that, that kind of feeling gradually went away. So that brings me to our trip this year. Well, the trip before this year, I never really got God telling me, hey, look, you're going to the Dominican this year. But I still felt like we were supposed to go down there. But the whole time, it was a very uncertain feeling about the whole trip, getting ready for it, uh, getting ready to go down there. I just felt uncertain, I guess would be the best way to describe it. And um, so we went, we get down there, 
And spiritually, I felt a spiritual battle going on uh, inside of me the whole time. And I had enlisted a couple of the people. Jim was one of them. Uh, and I had kind of talked to him, and I, and I described this overwhelming oppression, just uh, this uncertainty, just a confusion about what was going on and in, in my life and basically how I felt. I just felt like, you know, it was just, uh, it's hard to describe. I just was uncertain about the whole trip, why I was there this year, what I was supposed to be doing. I just felt oppressed, spiritually speaking. My children this year, the year before, they were okay with it. Uh, this year, they were very fearful when we left. My daughter especially was very, uh, you know, scared. We weren't coming back, and, and uh, you know, when were we going to be back? And, and so this whole time, in retrospect, I see that we were being uh, demonically attacked, and, uh, and evil was basically attacking me and my family. Well, when we got down there and started doing things, I started being led to become part of this missions ministry. And I approached Mallory one day and talked to him a little bit about, uh, you know, maybe getting involved more in the leadership of the team. And he had kind of told me and expressed to me that uh, they were ready for a break, so that was great. And uh, I talked with Amy on Tuesday before we were getting ready to leave. And, you know, I kind of was hinting around, but she had been kind of thinking about things, too. And I asked her what, what was being laid on her heart this trip. And, and uh, she had said something to me about that she felt like me, we might be being called to be part of the, the leading the team, the team leadership. And so I said, you know what, I've been being called the same way. So Tuesday night, I came under demonic dreams. And this is... Not the first time it happened to me before, so I, I realized what was going on. Uh, I rebuked the, the demonic in the spirit, played the blood of Jesus over it, and um, I felt sort of relieved the next day because I, I finally realized kind of what was going on and that I was under this demonic attack. Well, the very next day we had the Bible study where we do all the kids, and the kids come in. Well, Amy was helping with the Bible study. And she saw through a window the witch doctor down there, his priestess. Well, as soon as she saw her, she started feeling ill. And down there in this, come to find out in this bate where we were ministering, they have a witch doctor, and he's fairly new, and so he's gung-ho. And he is all about the devil and all about getting everybody to follow the devil and attacking and oppressing anybody who doesn't fall in line with him. And uh, so that night we came back. Amy called her mother. And the kids were just, that whole day, they were more fearful. They were more just acting up, acting out, acting very uncharacteristic of our children, especially when they're at grandma's, you know, children at grandma's, they, they'd probably rather stay down there than stay up here. But they had just were acting out. Emily hadn't been sleeping at night. Of course, me and Amy hadn't been sleeping the whole trip either at night. Um, and so we shared with the rest of the team basically what was going on. And, um, and the team prayed over us, and we got it out in the open. Uh, we rebuked the devil 
and his demonic forces in the spirit and by the blood of Jesus. Uh, everybody prayed over us, and it was like an instant relief uh, from us. Um, we later talked to Amy's mother that night, or about that night, and she said that our kids went to bed singing a song and what? Holy Ground. And uh, as they went to bed, and that was the first night that the children had slept good all through the night. Uh, me and Amy both had a great night's sleep. I know several of the team members said they were praying for us uh, throughout the night. And uh, I, that was a tremendous relief off of us. Well, through all of this attack on us, it brought to light uh, the demonic, really, the spiritual warfare issue uh, in the bate and of, the, of this team and being down there where we were there. So the next day, uh, Jimmy had, that night we had kind of resolved that tomorrow, the next day, our final day in the bate, we were going to go out and we were just going to rebuke this uh, demonic oppression and these, uh, this witch doctor and just claim this bate as ours and as Christ. And so... Uh, the next day, we went out as a group. Uh, we approached the pastor um, there and asked him what the best way to do it. And uh, his name was Alberto, and uh, it was his church and his house that we were there working on. And he was all excited about us praying over everything and having just a... Uh, what we did is ended up, we take up the cross that we had built earlier for the Bible school. And we marched this cross from the church to his house. And Jimmy shared a little bit of this on his blog, so you, some of you read it, may have uh, heard this before, but we took the, tur- the cross down, we led singing down to Alberto's house, and his house was only, I don't know, a couple hundred yards from the witch doctor's compound. And uh, so we set up shop right there that morning. Uh, we had singing, uh, we read scriptures, uh, we just claimed uh, his house and that bate uh, in the name of Christ. And it was powerful. I mean, the spirit, you could just, I, I could feel it. I'm sure everybody here would say the same thing. You could just feel the, the, the Holy Spirit there in your lives, and it's just indescribable. Um, I personally felt the whole week we'd been there, we had been being watched. That feeling for me was gone. Evil had fled the bate. Um, it was either in supreme hiding or it had just, they had just up and left. We, uh, we took several individual trips down to the wish doctors to do a little prayer circle around it. And uh, as we left, we kicked and shook the dust off our feet. But there in the uh, wish doctor's compound, it was empty. Nobody was there. Uh, and I, I didn't feel any of the demonic presence that I had felt earlier in the week. So uh, it was just an amazing um, victory in Christ. And, uh, you know, uh, I can't describe, uh, it's impossible to describe the feeling and the, and the, and the power. Now, on a personal side for me, when I came home this time, I was led by the Holy Spirit, and I have never done this before, to read Scripture. I'd always read the Scripture when we'd be on the mission teams because I felt like it was important to protect myself. And I can't ex- explain why the Holy Spirit has got a hold of me now, but I have read every day since I've been back from this trip. It has completely changed my life. I've become more involved with the church. Uh, me and Amy 
have agreed to take on leading the missions team in the future for next year. Um, the Dominican, uh, this year, from the year before into this year, I've noticed so many improvements in the people down there. Uh, this year we had a group come from the, the news media to find out what we were doing and why we were there. And that's huge uh, uh, because it's getting the Dominican people more involved in the Haitian bates where we were working. And these people have nothing. And um, so I'd just like to close and say that uh, I appreciated y'all's prayers uh, because that was one of the, the most important things y'all can do for a team if you're not going to be part of the team, and I encourage everybody to come be part of the team, but is pray. Uh, financial support is great also, but prayer, to me, is the number one thing. And your prayers, I could feel the prayers in the spiritual warfare battle that was going on down there. And I just can't thank you enough for the prayers and just the uplifting of us and the whole team while we're down there. Before we, uh, we're going to let you see some of the scenes from down there as well. Before we do, we want to pray. But let me just add again, just like you don't have to wait until you go somewhere else to serve in Jesus' name, you don't have to wait until you go somewhere else to share the name of Jesus Christ with other people. There are people here who just as desperately need the message of Jesus as there are in any Haitian bataille. And Satan is just as active here as he was there. Maybe using different techniques, but he's just as active. And I, I just join with Matt in saying we need, to, we need to be praying light into darkness to push back his, his power, his forces, and then to go and fill that with Jesus Christ, with the name of Christ. Um, we have a dual mission to serve God by serving others, and to share the name of Jesus with people. We need to be doing it here and not just there. But I am so grateful that God brought this team together, our Rares Valley team together, and the teams that we have in this church. We function as the body of Christ. And i got to tell you, it makes a difference. You make a difference. Let's pray. Father God, we join our hearts right now to lift up Pastor Alberto and his church. We thank you, Father, for what you have done already through him and through that church. And we pray, Lord, for Bate 7, that house by house, shack by shack, the name of Jesus would be proclaimed and that that community could be changed. Father, we thank you that even in the midst of abject poverty and suffering, there is joy because of you. Lord, I pray for each member of this team and their families that you bless them and encourage them and that you would grow them and use them for your glory. And Father, we pray that we would be just as determined and focused and intentional about sharing Christ here as we are when we leave and land in a plane in a foreign country. Father, we lift up the Beardens, we ask, Lord, that you'd bless them and strengthen them as they wind down this, their first year of being on the field there. We pray for Haley as she wraps up her work and prepares to come back. And Father, we ask that you would continue to use this church to spread the name of Jesus 
around the world. For we pray it in his name. Amen. Thank you, guys.